Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. So this is part two of where we're talking about fixing your flaws, like when you are the problem, not when it's your manuscript, not when it's your craft, but when it's your personality or your approach to the business. And last week we touched on three flaws that we see in in writers. And we're gonna now talk about three more. We turned it into a two-parter because of length. So first one for, for today, an inability to take direction. This is a flaw that is kind of, craft based but really it's just like ego based <laughs> because yes. you just you know you drink your own Kool-Aid or you just are so sensitive to mm-hmm. the fact that maybe what you wrote needs some help maybe it doesn't hit on all of the notes that it's supposed to hit maybe it um maybe your marketing needs to change maybe because it's so much more than craft it's maybe it's your marketing maybe it's how you relate to to your readers, like maybe you invented a genre and nobody knows about it. So that's why it's not selling. Like right. this particular flaw, I definitely see it across all levels of writer. And I think it's one of the ones that like kills a career mm-hmm. the quickest. Mm-hmm. Because when you meet like a brand new writer who refuses to take direction, I guarantee you, I won't see you in a year or two years. You are not going to be hanging around Mm -hmm. or when this happens, you know, four or five years down in your, into your career, maybe you've got a couple of books published, but you won't take the advice of, okay, well, this is where you're at. This is where you want to be. This is how we connect those dots together. And if you won't hear that, you're not going to end up where you want to go. As an agent, I see it because obviously I try not to sign the authors that aren't willing to take direction when it comes to their manuscript, right? I don't really want to work with those people. Where I do see it is authors who they don't want to change their marketing approach, or maybe they don't want to market at all. They don't Mm -hmm. want to change the fact that, well, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. And I don't feel like being there. Like they just want to keep doing what they've always been doing and hope for the best, hope that one day they're going to wake up and have a best-selling book. And that is not how things work in the industry for mm-hmm. 99.9999999999% of people, right? Mm-hmm. Like the runaway well, best-selling books are either because the author put in tons of work or very rarely it's just because of random happenstance. We shouldn't even, we shouldn't even mention those anymore because it, I feel like it just gives so much hope to the people who fall victim to this. Like, yeah, yeah but like, it's me. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm the one that this is going to work out for and I don't have to do anything for it and I'll call it out um because I don't really work in the space anymore but I think this is so rife especially in Christian publishing Mm -hmm. like this mindset in particular especially in the way of well it's published and I'm just gonna put it all in God's hands now yeah let go and let God but yeah, like God's great. So is advertising. Like we can, we can do both. You know, that was one of the wildest things yeah. to me was just how prevalent it was 
that and like it went hand in hand with this god told me to write the book yeah like they always were connected Mm -hmm. right with each other and it was you know if somebody's book got published and god had told them to write it they never I never saw like a great marketing campaign or mm-hmm. a really great social media push or mm-hmm. anything along those lines. Cause it just fell into this. Mm-hmm. It was given to me and I just, I just have to plant it. I don't even have to water. I don't have to worry about sunshine. Yeah. It's just all going to happen. I definitely see it in Christian publishing, just like you described. I also see it with people in academic circles mm-hmm. where they might be a big deal to you know, university professors or whatever, but they aren't a big deal to the regular average reader. And they just have no desire to make that shift and to become more mainstream, accessible, become more mainstream in their approach. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like this, well, I've got all of these accolades and I've got this you know, whatever behind me. So therefore people should just want to read my book anyway. Um, or it's the business leaders who I've got all of these relationships with CEOs and major corporate America people. So I don't need to connect to the common man who's going to be the one buying the book. (laughs) Like, and then it's just like, I don't, I'm just not going to shift. I'm not going to take the advice to, you know, shift my focus. And that's when things just fall short. They just yeah. don't hit like they should. Uh, the next one is authors who have too many ideas that they consequently can't really focus their career on anything. And we've talked about genre hopping, right? Yeah. Um, we, in fact, we've talked about, it, I feel like a number of times, but it is, it's not just that it's, people who every little idea that comes into their head, they just get really excited about. And like, that's what they want to do. And then the next idea comes and the next idea comes and they just can't figure out, well, what's my strongest idea? What am I most excited about? Because it's like the cult of the new, like they want right. new and flashy. And when they're stuck writing something for a deadline Oh, they spend all their time wishing that they could write the next thing because the mm-hmm. next thing is more exciting. And that is a, a big problem. And it's the hard to help authors who um, are just constantly wanting to do the next thing instead of really doing the current thing well. Yeah, I could see how this could absolutely kill a series, mm-hmm. you know, if you lose that fire for it. And, you know, it doesn't have to all be honeymoon phase, right? but to me, that creative back burner needs to be returning Mm -hmm. to the current work in progress and not the great story idea that you had at 3 a.m. two weeks ago. The only advice like I've I've really heard for this is essentially just put it on paper, save Mm -hmm. it, come back to it when you can, but it's not right now, but take the notes so that it's there, it's written down. And then if it's, you know, saved somewhere, if it's in a physical document, it won't take up as much mental space because you're not trying to hold on to it anymore. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's going to be there. It's going to be safe for you to come back to it. Genre hopping like crazy makes it so hard to build a consistent audience. Even if you as a writer have a super strong voice and a really great perspective and, you know, it's just, 
jumping from fantasy to sci-fi to nonfiction to like, if nobody knows what to expect from you, how are you going to build a following? And I've worked with authors who are multi-published who they were blessed to be able to genre hop, you know, but consequently they don't have a big they don't have like a big following in any certain area right and they're you know 15 20 years into their career and they're just going well who am I Mm -hmm. like they're having like this identity crisis Mm -hmm. and that's hard to help them with especially then when you try to help but then their inclination is then gravitating toward again new things different things let's try this and I think at the end of the day it's important for writers to realize it's common to have a ton of ideas it's common to have an idea for a horror novel a romance novel a historical fiction a nonfiction. it's that's common right what needs to be more common is the ability to set some of those aside and say, well, that's not going to get me to where I want to go. Right. We don't have to write every idea that comes into our head. Mm -hmm. We need to write the ones that get us to where we want to go. And if you're at a point where you're just doing this for fun, it's a hobby, then go for it. Write anything that comes into your head. But if you have a certain, if you have certain career career goals, it's time to filter. It's time to self-edit those ideas or tweak them to be, to fit this brand that you want to create. And the last one, a big one, the I'm too busy mindset. This yeah. will cripple careers for years because mm-hmm. life doesn't usually get easier <laughs> as you go right. along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're waiting for this magic time in which you're going to have this perfect amount of time to write every day and it's going to be at the perfect time of day and there's never going to be anything that interferes with it. Right. That's just not going to happen <laughs> until like you have to make, you have to make it work on your well, own. It's like that meme that I see passed around every now and then. That's like adulthood is just repeatedly saying after things slow down this week, I think I'm going to have time for that. Yes. And like, it, it doesn't ever. Yes. It never slows down no. every year, every year, you know, June comes along and I'm like, Oh, great. It's going to be summertime. The girls are going to be in camp. Camp lasts a little longer. I'll be able to get so much more done during the day. And then it turns out like, no, summertime is super crazy busy and I can't build any kind of consistency. But I think if we are ever going to get hate mail, I think it's going to be on this topic. Mm. I think that there is just no easy way around this. And the people who really struggle with the too busy mindset, and I asked on my Facebook actually a couple of weeks ago, hey, what's the thing that's kind of broken in your writing life? And like seven out of eight of the comments were, I don't have time to write. Yeah. I have to call a little bit of BS on that Yeah, because you do have time to write. You're just not writing with it. Mm-hmm. You're doing something else with it. You're making yeah. something else a priority mm-hmm. rather than writing. Yeah. And that's, yeah, nobody else is going to fix that for you. I don't want to dictate to anybody how to do their writing life or, well, this is the thing you got to cut out. But at some point, like if you're looking at your day or your weeks 
and saying, I just don't, I don't have the time. I don't, I can't something, something's got to go. And if there's nothing that can go either, this isn't the season of life Mm -hmm. in which writing is going to be possible for you. And that's okay. It's okay to set it aside. If there's legitimately like, you know, I'm working three jobs, I've got, you know, five kids, I, I can't do it. Then maybe you, maybe you can't right now and that's okay. But I think that there's a lot of people who claim to be too busy and what it comes down to is a lack of dedication. Mm-hmm. IMO. Yeah. Don't um, at me. I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not changing that either, Amanda. No, no. <laughs> oh goodness. No. Twitter is oh, lame. I, I have a Twitter handle. I just, Ew. I don't so like do I. the, I don't like the Twitter format. That's just personal preference, but the authors that I, that are the most productive with their time happen to be the authors that have full-time jobs, kids, church responsibilities, volunteer responsibilities, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're speaking, marketing, writing books. Like it is true that the more that's on your plate, the more you are able to prioritize your time better typically. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so with this problem of, I don't have the time, because that was me for a long time. I don't have the time to write. I'm at home mom with three kids under four working jobs, doing all the things. Um, it is totally a prioritization issue. And so one way to identify that is to what are the five most important things in your life, write them down in order, whatever that order might look like. Mm -hmm. Um, and then take your day or your week and write out how you're spending your time. And that is a way to see are, is your time choice reflecting your priorities? Mm -hmm. Because you might realize, well, I spend five hours every week watching TV. Well, watching TV isn't one of my priorities. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) maybe I have to shift and you might have to make a big sacrifice for a while. I completely had to throw out the idea of doing a workout because if I wanted to write, I couldn't write and also work out. Yeah. Those two things just weren't going to happen because right. of how my, how my time was. So I had to say, like, well, which do I want? Which is more important to me right now? And I had to pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that would be my best advice. I guarantee it's very, very few of us yeah. who are really being successful with that. You oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I think that's why I think there's a lot of room for improvement and why I, I don't totally buy into a lot of the people when they say, I don't have time to write. Mm -hmm. I I do. I think it comes down to you're not placing a high enough importance Mm -hmm. on it. So it's not getting done. It's got to be something that you put the effort into finding, creating, claiming back. Yeah. However that looks, it's got to come from you. It could look messy. It might look like your house doesn't get clean in Mm -hmm. a few, for a few days. It Mm -hmm. might look like saying no to friends who want to hang out. It might look like turning off the television. It might look like waking up earlier, staying up late. Mm-hmm. Like there are different are things we can do taking a lunch break to write instead of, you know, just zoning out on your phone. It's not going to be fun, <laughs> but then it's a matter of like, so is it really a priority? 
maybe for you in this season of life, just vegging out is more of a priority. Maybe you do need to do that right now. And then Mm -hmm. just accepting this is where I am and that's okay. And I'm going to reevaluate in a month. So there you have it. Personality flaws that we tend to take into our writing careers. And then we wonder why things aren't moving forward for us. Hopefully you were able to identify one or some that you struggle with to whatever degree. And just know that I think naming the problem is the first step toward healing. <laughs> yeah. We all struggle with this. I mean, I've definitely struggled with, I think most of these at one point or another in my career and some of them I may currently be struggling with. Yeah. <laughs> so I think my biggest two are paralyzed by fear and then the too busy mindset. I was mm. caught in that for, oh, and I wouldn't even have said like, oh, I'm too busy to write. I would have said I'm too exhausted. Oh, I'm too tired. Mm. You know, that was, that's also a big one for me. The too busy mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely went through periods of being enamored with my own work, which, which led to fear of failure. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because, yep. you know, like, so I do. Yeah. There, mm-hmm. there you have it. It's, these are things that exist in writing people and, um, they can hold us back. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the gate crashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link paypal.me slash gatecrashers or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.